Have you found Philippians chapter 1? It says this, for I know. Let's all say that, for I know. Have we got any knowers in the house? Yeah? I know. It's not I hope, guess, pray, wonder. It's I know. It's not, well, I don't really know. It might be this, it might be that. I know. What do we know? I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. This is an incredible statement by the Apostle Paul. He's under arrest. He's been stoned to death once. He's been shipwrecked. He's been, he's been smashed. He's been, so many things have happened in the Apostle Paul's life. Now he's under arrest and they're saying, we want to kill him. We're going to kill him. What circumstance are you facing right now? And are you still able to say, I know? Or are you going, I don't know anymore? Perhaps you were saying, I know my God's a healer. I know. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's what the word of God says. We preach it. We believe it. We've done it. We see it. This is what we believe. We are Christians. Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. We do it today in his name. This stuff happens. And we can say, I know that I know that I know. I know that whatever I sow, I reap. I know. I know that I can go to God and even if I've made a mistake, I, I, I can repent, I can turn it around, he'll wash me clean and I don't feel ashamed anymore, no more guilt. I know, I know that I know. But perhaps something's happened in your life where you're no longer a person of that level of conviction. Perhaps you've been believing God for your healing and it's not come through yet and you're saying, well, perhaps it's not God's will. I don't know. Perhaps I knew back then, but I don't know now because my experience has now been a challenge to my conviction. Well, today I want to encourage you. We're going to turn that around in Jesus' name. Why? Because the Apostle Paul and so many other people in the Bible, no matter what they faced, they had a conviction on the inside. We are called to live a victorious life, but that does not mean to say we don't have challenges, tests, tempts and trials. But through it all, we can know that we know that we know. I can walk through the fire. I know I'm not going to be burned. I can walk through the flood. I know I'm not going to drown because I know that I know that I know. I know that all things work together for good of those who say. I know that whatever I pray, God is going to hear my voice and my prayer is going to be answered. I know whom I have believed and I know he is able to keep that which I've entrusted to him until that perfect day. I know my Redeemer lives and he lives in me and he lives around me and he lives through me. My God is alive and well. We know that we know that we know. We are a people of conviction. Now, so often we use the expression, God is able. But we don't often add to that, God is willing. Great Pentecostal statement, God is able. Yes, amen. God is able. God is able. God is able. No one's questioning the ability of God, but many people question the will of God. God can heal me if you want to. One person said that in the Bible. He said, God, I know you can do this. Jesus, I know you can do this, but do you want to? See, you can't have a conviction if you only know the ability. 
Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding this way. You, you can't have a conviction if you only know the ability. Because the conviction is not about, I know he is able, it's I know this is going to turn around. I know. This will turn around. The situation I'm in today is not going to last. It is temporary. It's temporary. It's turning around. For I know this situation. Paul said, I'm under house arrest. I'm chained to a Roman guard. They are talking about putting me to death. But he said, I know this is going to turn out for my deliverance through your prayer, the supply of the Spirit, according to my expectation, that I will not be ashamed in anything. But with all boldness, can we say confidence? With all boldness, with all confidence as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Oh, well, there you go, Pastor Jay. He's just saying, you know what? However it turns out, is going to be okay. Let's keep reading. For to me... To live is Christ, and to die is gain. He's having a conversation with himself here. But if I carry on alive here on earth, living on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what shall I choose? What shall I choose? I don't know. I'm hard-pressed between the two choices, having a desire to... Depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Being confident of this, I know. Come on. I know that I'm going to remain. And I'm going to continue on for your progress and joy of your faith. That your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ when I come to you again. Now, I'm not going to get into the depth of that because that is saying you've got choices in things perhaps you never dreamt you had choices in. Ah, oh, well, it was just God's time to take him. No, you've got a choice. You've got a choice. The greatest attitude, sorry, attribute of, of someone who lives the overcoming life and remember, to overcome stuff is not being immune. It's saying you've got stuff to overcome. You've got stuff to overcome. You will have to overcome sickness. You will have to overcome insufficiency and lack. You'll have to overcome offense. I mean, the generation we live in, everybody wants to pull everybody down. Dishonor is how everybody lives and talks. Drives me nutty. Just, I, you know, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of honor. The world is a, a kingdom of dishonor. Whether it's individual conversations where people talk and say things they shouldn't say, where there's an attitude about those in authority. It's just you know, horrendous, the dishonor there is in our society. The Bible says, kids, honor your parents. The Bible talks about husbands and wives honoring each other. We can all have a laugh, but never dishonor your spouse. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Never speak words of life, speak words of encouragement. Speak words of, of encouragement to those in authority over us. Yeah. The Bible says no one is in authority than those that God's put there. Yeah. 
by his choice and his own. So how on earth can we dishonor those in authority when they're God's choice? Hello? Perhaps I shouldn't go there. I don't know. Somebody put out on Twitter uh, just a couple of days ago. They said, I get everyone's got strong opinions, but the thing I don't get is why everybody has to put their strong opinions out in aggression and rudeness. Yeah? Aggression and rudeness. No, the Bible says, let your words be seasoned with grace. Let there be good words coming. Whether you like or don't like, let's not be offensive. And let's not be rude. And let's not be critical with a critical spirit. Yeah, we can debate issues and be strong about it. Absolutely, that's how change happens. Thank God for people who have stood up. You know, I love the film Amazing Grace. What an incredible film about the abolition of the slave trade. And somebody was prepared to stand up and stand up and stand up and stand up against the flow and be strong about it. But you watch that film, never an offensive word, never a rude word, never a critical word. Hello. It's how Christians do it. Come on, can I hear an amen this morning? Yeah? We are people who love people. Why? Because God loves people. So what am I talking about today? None of that. <laughs> For I know that this is going to turn around. Whatever it is you're facing today, God says it can turn around. Now, there are some keys to things turning around. <laughs> A whole load of things don't happen just automatically. They happen because certain things are done, are prayed, are believed, are said. And there are three brilliant keys in this passage. Really, really good keys. Paul said, I know this is going to turn around because. See, there's a because in there. It's not just Kesara, Sarah, I'm a Christian, everything's going to be wonderful, I'm just going to sit here and God's just going to do whatever God wants to do and I'm just going to sit and watch. No, that's not the emphasis in the Word of God. We give God something to work with. It's called faith. It's called a spirit of faith. We give God something to work with. It's called love. It's called compassion. Nearly every time it says Jesus healed somebody, it says he had compassion and said. Love is always the way through. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says we can stand with the armor of God upon our lives. There are things that we need to do, things we need to say, things we need to be for God to show himself strong on our behalf. So let's have a quick look. Shall we have a quick look at these three keys? And I've got six minutes and 25 seconds to get through like the three biggest keys in the Word of God. So you got your seatbelts on. Everybody say, I know. know. Come on, look at someone say, I know. know. This will turn. I don't know what you're talking about when you say the this. Perhaps it's a sickness. Perhaps it's a family situation. Perhaps it's a financial situation. But get ready for turnaround. Get ready for turnaround. Key number one. I know this will turn. Key number one, Paul said, through your prayer. The devil, the enemy, whatever you want to call him, has been really clever in in destroying, making impotent the prayers of the church. So many places we say, let's pray. What do people do? They shut their mouth 
close their eyes, put their head down. Position of defeat. Nowhere in the Bible do you find close your eyes, bow your heads to pray. Now, we do it every week. Uh, I say, can we close our eyes and bow our heads? That's not to pray. That's to honor decisions being made in the room. You with me? That's why we do that. But the Bible says, lift your head, lift your hands, lift your voice. Nowhere in the Bible does it say when you pray, think. It says when you pray, say. But we turn prayer into a silent, I don't know what it is, (laughs) yoga session. (laughs) When you pray, hmm, with this deep thing on. Okay, can I, you know, perhaps help us to understand. We're going to remove the word prayer and we're going to use a different word, communicate. Prayer is communication. Prayer is communication. And it's not just one way, it's two way. It's a dialogue, it's a discussion. Now, I don't care when you pray, whether you're somebody who gets up at five o'clock in the morning and your first hour is you on your own with your Bible in your prayer closet, whatever that is. We have a closet, we keep brooms there. (laughs) But you may have a prayer closet, that's fine. I used to know somebody who used to go into the larder to pray. Like, you know, larder, like a food thing, and he used to squeeze into this thing. He used to live with my brother when they were, like, in this job together. And he used to go in, and one day the latch fell down on the outside. And he was in there, no joke, from 6 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. And I don't think, yeah, well, he may have been praying to get out. I don't know. And you know... uh, uh, you know, there's nowhere to sit down in there. So a tiny little larder. I don't know why he went in there to pray anyway. I pray in the car. I pray all over the place, actually. Whether you're somebody who gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning and does that, that's fine, but don't you put that on somebody else as the way to pray. We make a doctrine out of the most stupid things. You know, Jesus once, when he was going to the cross, he took his, you know, uh, three disciples, and then he took, sorry, the twelve, then the three, and then they fell asleep while he was praying. And he said, guys, couldn't you pray with me for one hour? And we turned that into a whole doctrine that every prayer time you have has got to be an hour long. I mean, get a life. (laughs) Communication is not about a specific time or a ritual. It's communication. I am married to my wife, therefore we communicate. Sometimes you know how we communicate? There's a whole load of talking going on right now. There's a whole load of discussion going on right now. Sometimes we communicate... That's, that's, that's communication. Sometimes we you know, communicate and she's doing all the communication. More often than not. There's that 24,000 words, I'll all come in my way. You can sit down now. There you go. That's a communication. That's a... But we need to communicate with God. When you pray, say. Not when you pray, think. There's a time to think, but prayer is spoken. 
in the Word of God. Prayer is spoken, but there's all sorts of communication. We can, we can spend time in the presence of God. There are times you just lie on your face before God. Other times we just go and find where, yeah. It's prayer. It is communication. The Bible says the effective, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. What that says is your prayer performs miracles. It's what it is. Your prayers perform miracles. Oh God, not feeling too well today. Why don't we turn that around and say, thank you Lord, I believe I received my healing today. Wow. One's, one's like an emotional, uh, you know, I don't know, personal counselling session. The other one makes a difference. Prayer works. There are times we offload onto God. Absolutely. But never, never forget this. He already knows what's going on in your life. He already knows. The greatest prayers involve the word of God. What does the word say about your situation? What does the word say? Thank you, Lord. You said. You said. So he said, I know this is going to turn around, but isn't it interesting he didn't say through my prayer. He said through your prayer. Now this was a pastor talking to his church. Now he had actually set up loads of churches in the New Testament. Incredible things. But he said there's no other church like this one. He says I have you in my heart. And you know what? There is no greater prayer than praying for someone else. When you pray for yourself, it's great. And I absolutely pray for yourself. But dear God, you are, you have... I have the greatest opportunity to be a blessing. Pray for those we're in family with. Really, really important. You pray for the, them and they pray for you and I pray for him and she prays for me and da da da. And we're, every, everyone's covered. There's prayer going on. There's prayer, active, passionate prayer. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Dear God, when we come together and pray, anything is possible. Yeah. Incredible things. We have prayer meetings every January. They're like, they are phenomenal. They are like prayer meetings. I can guarantee you, you ain't never been in anything like these prayer meetings. Phenomenal prayer meeting. Explosive. Miracles, signs, wonders, lives changing. All sorts of stuff happens. God moved. Just incredible. But the Bible doesn't say just that we pray together when we have a prayer meeting. The Bible says pray continually. Pray all the time. Just pray all the time. Pray all the time. Thanking God all the time. Thank you God for that. Anything small happens. Thank you God for that. Something big happens. Thank you God for that. Let's just keep the communication going. But Paul said, I know this is going to turn around because you are praying. Not because I'm praying. When I pray about me, you know what? I'm not really praying with great wisdom and great insight because perhaps I'm feeling the pain. I've got the confusion. I don't know what to do. But when you're praying for me, you don't have any of those things. You're just praying God's will, God's blessing, God's greatness, God's goodness. You're not feeling the pain that I'm feeling. You're not going through the challenge that I'm going through. So your prayers are not colored by feelings and emotions hello you need this is why small groups are so important if you're not part of a small group I just dear God how are you going to live your life 
Seriously. How are you going to live your life? People pray for you in your small group. Your life will go from there to there. Just by being part of a small group, you can find your freedom. You can take the mask off. You can get healed. You can get, I tell you what, your finances will be better off if you're in a small group. Your healing will be better off if you're in a small group because that's where God moves. It's about three people. Because we pray for each other. We stand with each other. God's never called you to be an island. He's called you to be a body. I might as well just get an axe and chop my finger off and put it over there because that's what people live their life as a Christian is, outside the body. That's crazy. Just be plugged in. Plugged in, working, blood flowing. You know, if I prick a finger there, I feel it everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Ah, there's no love in that church. Well, you're probably not part of a small group. Loads of love in the small groups. Come on, I'm preaching better now than you're responding. It's all the people who aren't in small groups just don't know what to say right now. They're going, oh, 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 oh. my life's all right. Do you really want an all right life? Come on. I want a flipping awesome life. I don't want an average life. I want a phenomenal life. I want to live life up here. Amen. Good preaching. Thank you very much. Through your prayer, number two, number two, with the band up, please. Number two, I know this will turn around through your prayer and through the supply of the Spirit. Everybody say the prayer. The supply of the Spirit. We are created to do life with the Holy Spirit. Not apart from the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say Holy Spirit, depending on what, 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 what environment I'm in, what context I'm in, people automatically go to what they think the Holy Spirit does. So, you know, if I was to go into one environment, if I said we're to do life with the Holy Spirit, they go, and they start doing their whole Pentecostal stuff. Hello. Because that's their whole encounter of the Holy Ghost. If I went to a higher, more reserved church, Holy Spirit, they'd go, oh, yes, amen. <laughs> and they'd go deep with the Holy Spirit. Can I say the Holy Spirit is God in all his expression and in all his fullness? Yeah? And if all you know is one little bit of God, you see, a lot of you have been around me for at least a week or two. Some people, Sally's been around me 20 Five years on staff and leading and other people 10 years, Becky 13 years and Gary uh, on staff, you know, and depending on how long you're with somebody, you see different sides of them. You see different sides of them. I've been around Sharon, my lovely wife, 31 years married, a year engaged and a year going out, 33 years. I know stuff about Sharon you'll never see. Perhaps I should rephrase that. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant, okay? You guys, where's your sanctified brains, yeah? That's not what I meant. You'll never, well, oh, dear God. Give up now. Dig a hole for myself. There are 
a thing? Oh, I don't even know how to say it now. It's just like, oh, God. All you lot, you see me here on a Sunday praising God with all my heart, my soul, my strength. I will never not dance. I will never not shout. I will never not lift my hands. Why? Because how on earth can I preach to people and be disqualified myself? Yeah? In so many ways. Anything I expect other people to do, I can't put that out there and, and yet, unless I'm, I'm doing it. I need to lead from example. That, that doesn't mean to say it's a show. It's very real. If it's a show, we might as well go home. But there are times when I'm really quiet. You never see me. You don't see that side of me. It depends how intimate you are with me. Yeah? Some people just see God like this. Do you remember there's a man called Elijah in the Bible? And there was a fire. And God wasn't in the fire. There was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. But there was a still small voice. You see, the supply of the Spirit is in so many different ways. He's supplied in us to speak to us, to reveal God's Word in us. If you're not hearing the still, small voice of God, you need to come back to Him. It's quite simple. You need to come back to God. If you're not hearing, if you're, if you only hear God when He shouts on a Sunday, is that all right? If you only hear God when somebody, when he shouts through somebody else or through a prophetic word, great having prophetic words, but God's probably been trying to say it for some time. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're sort of responding right now, but the still small voice is the, is the spirit within us. Being led by the spirit. When you go into somewhere and you feel, you know what, I need to leave. Or is that just being screamed at and shouted down by the experience or by the fun or by what everybody else is doing? Or perhaps you're in a conversation and you think, you know what, this has gone too far, I need to shut my mouth. And yet you don't, you just keep going because, you know, perhaps that sort of part of your conscience has been squashed down so much. Hello? Let's become sensitive to God again. Let's be sensitive to him. doesn't mean to say we're boring. The more sensitive we are, the, the, the greater life we live. The more abundant life we live. Perhaps it's God saying, give. And you're going, oh, but the, the bills are shouting at me. Perhaps it's God saying, go lay hands on that, on that person. But you know what's screaming at you? Oh, no, what happens if nothing happens? What happens if God doesn't heal them? He's shouting at you, and yet the voice of God saying, lay hands on them. I want to heal them. You're getting anything out of this today. Is this all right? I know this is going to turn around through your prayer, through the supply of the Spirit. He's supplied in us, still small voice. He's supplied around us. We walk with him. Emmanuel, God with us, equally us with God. It means the two things at the same time. But he's also supplied upon us. Jesus said, don't go anywhere till the Spirit of God has come upon you. And then you're going to be a powerhouse. Who you lay hands on, they're going to recover. Casting out demons, healing the sick, loving people. You're going to be an empowered believer. Just like Jesus was an empowered believer. All Son of God, absolutely. But he lived the life of an empowered believer. That's the life God has called you and I to live. Under the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, you're going to do greater works than I, I ever did. 
I know this is going to turn around because you're praying, because I'm being led by the Spirit, I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, and I've got the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life. And then you know what? He said, finally, key number three. Everybody say this. I know this is going to turn around through prayer, through the Spirit, according to my expectation. What are you expecting? Oh, Pastor Jay, it's been like this for 20 years. <laughs> Whatever you expect is what God is going to do. Now, absolutely, God does far abundantly above all we can ask or expect. But let him start with some expectation. The Bible is full of expectation. You know what the Bible, other word for expectation is? Hope. I can see this changing. I can see this changing. It may look bad now, but stick around. This is temporary. I can see it changing. I've got a vision. I've got a dream. I've got an expectation. This is going to change. I can see it changing. You see, hope is vital for faith. We talk a lot about faith, but if you ain't got an expectation, faith has got nothing to be the substance of. Hope is, this is going to change. I can see what it's supposed to look like. It's not supposed to look like this. It's supposed to look like that. I can see it. I can dream it. I've got a vision. Not some weird vision. I've got a vision. I've got an expectation. I've got a dream. You know what hope say, what, what faith says? Faith says, I believe I've got now what I've been dreaming of for a few years. I believe I've got now what I've been expecting for the last few days. I believe I've got it. Expectation is a powerful thing. It's not an emotion. It's not just being positive. Somebody says, I'm expecting a baby. You don't say, oh, you're just being positive. <laughs> you're just being positive. Nine months of being positive. No, dear God, you are, something is happening. You are expecting a birth. And can I say, you don't start to act on that on the day of the birth. You've already bought the stuff. You've had the baby shower. You've painted the room. You, you're already talking like you're a mum. You're already talking to your baby. Can I say babies in the womb hear everything? And all right, hear everything. They, they watch the TV you're watching. I'm really serious. They hear the language you're hearing. They're learning in the womb. They hear everything. They see everything. They may not understand it, but that's how they learn. First two years of a child, absolutely, that is what the child's going to be for the rest of their life. So let's just make sure. But expecting, expecting. If it was up to the blokes, we'd just leave it to the day of the birth. Oh, now I'll paint the room while you're... Sort of, here comes the baby. I'm coming home tomorrow. The, the room will be done. No, that's not... No, guys. The moment you know, can I say, keys to a great marriage, the moment you know she's pregnant, start, you know, start acting on it. Ah, oh, what color should we do the room? She'll love you forever. That's it, she'll love you forever. Ah, oh, you know what, just say it. If it's not true, don't worry, just, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was in the baby bit the other day and saw some lovely baby clothes. Oh, I'm only joking, I've lost you now, haven't I? Expect. What are you expecting? What are you expecting to happen? 
somebody phones up, oh, we're coming around for dinner next week. You've invited them, of course. We're not rude to just say I'm coming, but, but you know. What time are you coming? Eight o'clock. You know what's going to happen? The dinner will be cooked. You're not going to wait to see if they turn up and then put the oven on. Hello? That's how Christians live. When God moves, I'll start to act like it. When God moves, when God starts to heal me, then I'll get up. When, when, when God starts to prosper me, then I'll start to give. No, if you know he's showing up, you're going to live like he's coming. When you know he's turning up, you're going to live like he's going to do something. What are we expecting? Let's stand to our feet today. We're going to close. Amen. I've loved being here. Mwah. So good to be back. Like the Terminator. I came back. What are you expecting? The Bible says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways are higher than your ways, but I send my word to give you an expectation. So you know what's coming. So you know what to expect. Can I hear an amen? amen. One translation says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far above and beyond anything you can imagine by yourself. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to pray. It's why we need to be part of a church. It's why we need to be part of a small group. It's why we need to live like we believe this stuff. What are you expecting? Let's close our eyes right now. Because I want us to be isolated. Think. Think, 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 think. What am I expecting? Perhaps you've been told that's terminal. What are you expecting? Oh, you're just trying to build our hope now. You're absolutely right. I'm trying to build hope because hope is expectation. And the Bible says, Paul said, I know this is going to turn around according to your prayer, the supply of the Spirit, my expectation that I will not be ashamed in anything. Perhaps you feel like you've been hard done by. God can turn it around. Perhaps you feel like your family's destroyed. God can turn it around. Perhaps you feel like you've lost your job and no one's going to employ you at your age. God can turn it around. Amen. Perhaps you feel like it's all gone pear-shaped. Your kids are just nowhere to be seen. God can turn it around in Jesus' name. Why don't we get up every day this week and expect God to show up? Expect God to show himself strong on my behalf. Expect God to speak to me today. Expect God to keep me well and strong. Expect God to do far abundantly above all I can ask or imagine. Expect God to fulfill his word. Expect God to prosper me so that I can be a greater blessing. Expect God to realign my circumstances. Expect God to fight my battles for me. Expect God to manifest his glory in me and his godness through me goodness through me. Expect God to move heaven and earth to bring me my blessings. Expect God to lead me and guide me into all the truth and expect God to increase me more and more. I am going to expect the unexpected in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord God, that you've encouraged us. You've strengthened us. You've edified us. And Lord, we are Lord, just so grateful we can stand here and say, I know, I know, I know that I know that I know that this is going to turn around for my deliverance. Father, of course, we are those who fight. We tread on every, every situation, every circumstance. We trample them underfoot. We stand against the plans of the enemy. But Lord, ultimately, 
our expectation and our faith is in you. You're the God of the turnaround. You're the God of miracles, signs and wonders. Father, we thank you, Lord, that everything we put our hand to will prosper. Everything. Healthy families. Healthy relationships. Healthy workplaces. Healthy bodies. Healthy finances. Lord God, everything. Coming into your perfect will. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And just while we're just quiet here right now and we're just on our own before God. We're here as a, a body, absolutely as a family, as a church expression here. But you know what? We are individuals before God as well. And I just want to ask this question. With everything you've heard today, do you know Jesus the way I've been talking about today? Do you know him? I'm not asking, do you go to church? I'm not asking, do you believe in him? I'm saying, do you know him? There's a difference. We all believe in Sharon, but I know Sharon. I know her. I've got a relationship with her. And I'm going to ask you today, do you have a relationship with God? Do you hear his voice? Do you, do you communicate with him? Does he talk with you and encourage you and challenge you? Sometimes be a bit tough and rebuke you or whatever. Do you know God, and I'm going to ask this right now. We do this every Sunday, every, nearly every time we get together. We make this offer to people right now with every eye closed and every head bowed out of honor of other people in the room. This is a personal decision right now. And that is this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you know his involvement in your life, his influence? Has he made an impact with you? Is your life in a better place today because of Jesus Christ? Not just because you believe that, but, but you've experienced that. And if, and if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Jay, I just want to absolutely nail this. I want to know that I know. You've been talking about conviction. I want to have that conviction on the inside. Know that I know that I am going to be with Jesus for eternity in heaven. That I have a relationship with him. That he's going to lead me and guide me in every circumstance and situation. If you want to absolutely nail this today and say, you know what? I want to know that I know. I'm just going to ask you to do one thing with every eye closed and every head bowed. And that is to lift your hand in this place right now. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else here today? God bless you. Is there anybody else here today? You're saying, come on, I want to absolutely know that I know. Is there anybody else here today in this place? Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, if I've seen your hand, you can put it down. That's great. Come on, we're all going to pray a prayer now. We do this every week, but, but you know what? Let's, let's really make this personal, whether you've ever prayed out loud or not. Come on, let's pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you you've got a plan for my life of good and not of evil. Plans to give me a hope and a future. In relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me to give me abundant life. I ask you now, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. I want to live for you in relationship with you and with your Spirit. And from this day forwards, by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout in this place.